Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Tales from Travellers podcast. I'm your host Greg, and I'm here to find some incredible stories about seeing the world, escaping comfort zones, hearing some tips and tricks about travelling and exploration from those who have or are continuously travelling the world. So whether that be a week, month, year or decade, I'm aiming to find out more about the obstacles that they overcame, the prep work that goes into planning such a trip, what it's like discovering new cultures and making new friends that could last a lifetime, whilst also hearing about the job that feeds the journey or the journey that feeds the job. And we're also looking to find out what makes someone want to step out into the great wide open. So let's start another episode of Tales from Travellers. Now today I'm joined by a very different kind of travellers because these will be my first guests to start their travels, not from the UK, but uh, from the US and remaining in the US, which opens a whole new world of potential. Natasha and Ross are a pair of digital nomads exploring the American countryside with their children living the RV life as digital nomads. As I mentioned, guys, I'm really excited to have you on as my first Americans exploring America. So thank you so much. Yay! Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Well, taking the time, because I mean, I can imagine that the digital nomad RV life, it's going to blow my mind a little bit, because when you say RV in England, it's a camper van, and that is usually equates to a very poor, rainy weekend in Wales. But for you guys, it's, an, it's, a, it's a whole life. So, you see it? So this I, is I, a... see it. I mean, to be fair, that's probably as big as the camper vans that we, the, you know, your door alone is as big as the camper van we have here. <laughs> Um, it is um, 36 feet, so I don't, meters, what is that, 13? Like 12, yeah. 12? I mean, you, you saying 36 feet, that is actually longer than my my, my house, so. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even the biggest one. No. It's a me, it's a medium size. No, I've, I mean, again, there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of times I'm just going to mention it because it's going to, it's going to blow my mind a lot. I mentioned this sense of scale, but for me, seeing some of the RVs in America, it's, um. They're huge. They're ridiculous how big they are and just... They're huge. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they have bedrooms, which is weird. Again, in England, it's just a it's just a rack that you sleep on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good for long term. No, but... Oh. I, it, it will take you less than a week, probably, to explore the UK compared to what you're doing in an RV. <laughs> it's, uh, We've got, like, a plush... We have, like, a full-size hybrid, like... We have a mattress, mattress, like a house mattress in there. Yeah. I mean, go. Well, I'll share all the links when, when the episode goes out, but going through your social media channels as well, it is it is a whole different lifestyle um, yes. to what I, again, to what I can possibly imagine. But I suppose in America, I guess my first question is, is the RV life and this nomadic lifestyle, is it fairly common? Um, it's becoming more so. Yeah. We're in a campground right now. Yeah. It's a Sunday afternoon. Most people who are weekenders would have left. So we're in a campground now that probably has 300 sites in it, and it's 90-plus percent full. Oh, wow. And, it's, and that's everywhere we go. Yeah. And with, with these as well, I suppose the people who make it the kind of the lifestyle, you kind of just click with them. You, you get on, start conversations yes. as soon as you pull up. Yes. And... Actually, yeah. what I want to do, just so I can get this sense of scale, I'm going to have to pull up a map of America because it is it is way too big for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> and just so I can get this sense of scale. To, to give you a sense of scale, I have pulled this trailer at least thirteen thousand miles. Which yet again, I'm sorry, I don't know what that is in kilometers. Um, thirteen thousand miles. I've just pulled the trailer, 
and we've only done 25 states, and there's 50 states. Yeah, wow. Okay. How long have you guys been on been on the road? Is it 15 months? Since last Since August. August of 22. Oh, wow. Okay. And where, where did you start off from? California, San, San Diego. Diego. Oh, wow. San Diego. Okay. That, that's... I'm not going to dive into the memes, right? but we, we all know San Diego, thanks to, to thanks to Anchorman over here. So that I can get. <laughs> it's a very so, old reference. <laughs> it's a very old reference, but it's just got here in England. So um, <laughs> It's a great movie. There's already a, a second one, one now second that you have one. to watch. Oh, God. Holy crap. I'll have to. <laughs> Don't watch it. The first one's good. The second one is not. <laughs> no. well, hey, anything, anything floats our boat here. Really, from um, all the way West Coast to East Coast is where you've gone. Straight across. So, if you're, are you looking at a map? I am. So we went from the bottom of California all the way up California into Oregon. We okay. went across Oregon and into Idaho, where Boise is. Wow. Then we dropped down to Salt Lake City, Utah. Utah. Yeah. And then we did all five of the big national parks in Utah, which is Arches, Bryce Canyon, Capitol Reef, Zion, Canyon and Canyonlands, which are all amazing, and I highly recommend going to those at some point they're all near each other and then we saw the grand canyon dropped in into las vegas and then back home to san diego so we did that big loop over three months and then we left the day after christmas and went along the bottom route 10 yeah through arizona new mexico texas uh louisiana, louisiana mississippi, mississippi alabama into yeah. florida, florida to jacksonville to the other coast gosh and then we went up and we went up all the way up to Maine, to Bar Harbor, and to see Acadia National Park. Wow. And then we popped into Canada for a couple of weeks and went out to Prince Edward Island in Nova Scotia. That's incredible. And then, and then looped around and went to Quebec City in Montreal before heading back down south, now all the way to the bottom in Miami. And tomorrow we are driving to Key West. Wow. I mean, I'm 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 phenomenally blown away just by everything you've done. Um, famously, um, you know, Texas is three times the size of the UK. So to to me, you've you've potentially done more mileage than I'll I'll ever do. I think. Um, I thought. I think if you go from one side of Texas to the, if you drive from one end of Texas to the other, and the longest point it takes twelve hours. All right, that I, well, you've yeah, got Texas me beat by a couple of hours to go to the tip of Scotland then. So, that's crazy. Yeah, that, I mean that that is that is really wild, and and as you say, this is like becoming increasingly normal um, with with a lot of people now. I mean, a lot of people our age are starting to do it. it yeah. It's always been popular with older people, retired people, mm. but it is. Oh, Sorry, the sun was hitting me right in the face, so I put the awning, the awning out. It freaked me out. Oh. Um, it's all there, you know, there's always been retired people doing this, but now there's a lot more people, younger people with families, digital nomads, people still working. You know, we meet people that have kids like our age, their kid, the, the kids are the same age as our kids. Like we meet them all the time. Yeah. So all of the, the real question everyone will probably be asking is what is, why, what, what, what is, what was the catalyst to you guys 15, 16 months ago, or potentially, you know, 18 to two years ago saying, let's let's live this nomadic lifestyle what made you kind of i suppose sell up your house and decide to get the rv and start this journey how did this start who brought it up is the good question oh uh -huh. ross brought it up 
He's been wanting for literally like 10 years. We, so we've been together almost 12 years. For probably 11 of those years, he was like, let's go on an epic road trip. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm in school or I'm pregnant or we have a newborn or I have this job, whatever. There's always been a reason not to. Um, and then we had our second child in February, 2022. And I wasn't really loving the job I was at. So I wasn't planning on going back. And he brought it up again. And like the timing just kind of was right for me to be in a place of like, yeah, let's just do it. And it was, it was as we had our second kid, we were realizing a, that San Diego is so freaking expensive mm -hmm. that it is, we are priced out. We can't buy a house in San Diego in any neighborhood really, but especially in a neighborhood we'd want to be in. Um, and then we were, we were realizing as the, we had the second baby that like we had missed so much of our first child's life because he was in daycare and we were working full time and like we'd hang out with him two hours a day and that was it. And then on the weekends and that's it. And like, why are we having these children to never see them? And that's ridiculous. Um, and so it was kind of a combination of like between rent and daycare, it's going to cost us $5,000 a month to just live and just have those two things. And then, you know, wanting to have more time with our children, they're not going to be young for long. They grow fast. Yeah. You know, our oldest is turning four in a couple of weeks. Like that's, it's so fast. Yeah. It moves too quick. And like, you never get that time back. And, you know, during COVID things changed as far as like, you know, priorities of, of our families and like being able to be a little bit more digital and things like that. And so we just decided it was, it was, we were going to try it out and we hoped to last a year and it's now been 15 months, 16 months, whatever it is. And we're like, this is just our regular lives now. Like there's no real reason to stop at this point. We haven't seen everything we want to see. Well, I mean, you've, you've got so much to see as well. Um, as you mentioned, you've, you've only touched the surface really when it comes to, to, to obviously the states so i mean yeah. for me a dream is just to go to somewhere like new york or new orleans but you've got this kind of really grand plan to go through it all and make it yeah. work well you don't realize we we went to a lot of cities when we were younger before we had kids but you kind of miss a lot of the cool stuff in between yeah you know cities are cool but there's a lot of little nuanced little towns that are very interesting and and are really cool and the big cities are kind of they're all kind. They all kind of are the same. Hmm. The big city. It's a big city. Another big city. Another big city. It's the little cities and the little towns and the natural stuff that's out there that's actually, in our opinion, more interesting. Oh, definitely. And you don't get to see that unless you're driving. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, the, the, it's the same thing I say to a lot of people when they, you know, go, go across the UK as well. There's so many little sights and sounds that you do tend to miss when you're looking at the bigger picture of going to a big city. So. Mm -hmm. Or when you fly to it. You know, oh, definitely. we get to drive through these places yep. and get to see different stuff than we would from an airplane. And the, I suppose a really interesting question is, um, this has obviously been an idea that's been in your head for a while, Ross, obviously looking to bring this together. And now it's, it's planning out wonderfully. But beforehand, as you two have been together for quite a while, what was your kind of holiday routine beforehand? Were you much of a holiday couple, like just going to, I, I don't know, did you go abroad or was it city breaks in America? we have done both um we um we did a 
as far as overseas, we did spend about 10 days in Spain, uh, one time traveling by bus. Um, we have gone on a cruise uh, through the Mediterranean. Um, my, what my, and then obviously we've taken trips around the U.S. to different cities and to different small towns in Southern California. Yeah. Because um, they're just close to get to. Uh, originally, the plan I had pitched to Natasha um, was after she was done with um, her undergrad, her, her first four years. I wanted to um, get like an apartment in um, like in Spain or in France and then take uh, the train and the Eurorail and see all of Europe um, for a few months. But the timing just never worked out because she just went from first four year to her master's to working. So taking that time off didn't make sense. So that's where the idea originally I wanted to do all of Europe and I hope that we still get to at some point in time because we've only done a few, you know, just very small pieces of Europe. This would be quite interesting because I really like to dive into your digital nomad lifestyle and how that really pans out. What do you two both do as work? So as we're on the topic of uh, Natasha and doing your, your undergrad and master's, what is it, what's your profession? Uh, I'm a registered dietitian. So I did, I studied food and nutrition in school. I have uh, my bachelor's is in foods and nutrition, my master's in nutritional science. Um, I went through a like a year long, uh, unpaid internship to like, you know, get all my hours, pass the exam and all that. Um, and currently I don't work in a clinical setting. Obviously we're digital. Um, I teach at a San Diego, a university in San Diego. I teach online, uh, a few classes there. Um, I also run Nutri social. She teaches nutrition. Oh yeah. I teach nutrition. No. Sorry. Um, I teach nutrition classes there, um, to undergraduate students. And then I also, um, I run social media for um, Utah State University, the um, university that I did my internship at. I run the social media for that program. And I run social media for a company called Campground Views, which Ross also works for. Um, we do virtual tours of campgrounds. So I run the social media side of that as well. Um, is that all I do? I think those are all the things I do. <laughs> Rolf's is everything left you. <laughs> There's not a lot of time left in the day after and all then, that. And then my job, so I, I sold residential real estate in San Diego for the last eight years before we started this. Um, and so I was looking for a position in sales. And so I kind of stumbled into this um, website. I just thought it was a cool concept doing virtual tours, 360 virtual tours of campgrounds because... Um, otherwise you just have sort of like photos on a website and they're not always, they don't really tell the full story of what a property looks like. I don't know if you've ever looked at purchasing a house or something they have like the 360 pictures within the house or even mm. Google street view where you drop down, you can look in 360, a similar idea, but within campgrounds. And so I, I reached out to him and I said, Hey, do you need someone to do sales? And he said, yes, I desperately need someone to help me with sales. And so I just jumped in and started doing sales for him. And now I am the sales manager for that company. Oh, wow. That's. That's a great, and all, again, both of you completely remote across the country, continue with these jobs. I mean, that's incredible as well. And, and both doing something within your lifestyle. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's uh, wild. Uh, I've, I've got to say, Natasha, you must be a fun mum experimenting with cooking and nutrition on the road then. That must be quite, quite interesting. Yeah. How is the cooking life then? Obviously, I, I can't. From state to state, I suppose there will be different kind of foods, kind of routinely. Does each state have its own, say, you know, specialism? Will one will one state be more into 
fruit and veg compared to like say Texas, which I'm assuming will be a bit more of a, a meaty state. <laughs> Meat. Barbecue. Yeah. The barbecue in Texas is incredible. <laughs> if you ever get a chance, like <clears throat> truly incredible. Um, I mean, yeah, we went, we were up in New England all summer. Like there's lobster and crab and seafood. Like that's kind of their deal up there. Um, now we're in Miami and like there's Cuban food everywhere and that's new to us. We're from Southern California. We're used to Mexican food, like from Mexico. <laughs> so the, you know, Cuban food is Latin. It's still got the beans and rice, the protein, but it's a little bit, it's a little different. Um, as far as cooking, it's the same because the grocery the stores are all the same. And yeah. I have a, we have a regular size fridge and a regular size stove and a regular size oven. And so cooking is, is across the board. All right. But everywhere we go, we get to try something a bit unique. God, the amount of checklists you guys must have is, is incredible. The, the crossing off states, but crossing off different delicacies as well must be. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. The, yeah. The food in the South, though, is like unmatched. New Orleans, oh. like, oh my gosh, the food I, down there is so good. I've I've heard many stories from it. Um, I I used to work with with a colleague who was based in America. Yes, he would constantly brag about the the uh, the southern barbecue being much better than anything that we can possibly fathom. So, I won't That's argue. Incredible. I, I can't deny it really. Our, our barbecue is well. Well, yeah. When you come, just go, you fly to Austin, go get yourself some barbecue, and then you can head towards uh, New Orleans in the south and keep eating. <laughs> it, whilst we're on the topic of food is there a particular food I know a lot of people trying to check it off their list no matter where they go they want a Big Mac from every McDonald's they go to no matter what country they're in an espresso do you guys have like looking for the we love barbecue pizza? so barbecue we love barbecue we have eaten a lot of, we have eaten a lot, a lot of, of barbecue, barbecue in a lot of states yeah <sighs> it's better in the south but like even in you know North Carolina or so the the barbecue starts to get pretty good up there yeah, I mean, I, I hear a lot of debate about, obviously, Chicago town pizza and, obviously, New York pizza. I know there's a it can be controversial at times, but I suppose with barbecue as well, I always thought the South would always win. Well, there's different, ver there's different, different styles. There's different styles. I mean, if you go to North Carolina, it's very much pork and mustard-based, and then you go mm -hmm. down to, like, Virginia or, and it's, or Kansas City, and it might be vinegar-based, and then you go down to the Alabama, and it's very sweet, mm -hmm. and then you go over to Texas, and it's very smoky, so it's just kind of all unique and different um and each different state has their own style of barbecue i'm gonna i'm gonna stop talking about barbecue before i just end up dribbling all over my, my notes <laughs> and everything it's coming up to my dinner time so i we did we did have pizza in new york and it was very very good oh, it's it's, it does live up to its hype of course <laughs> it's it's still on my list but <laughs> so obviously been on the road for 15 months ross came up with the idea and now, and obviously, you're waiting for Natasha to finish her studies, get everything together. Sorting out life is quite important when looking to uproot your life. What was the prep time like for you two? When the, when the idea was sold, how long did it take you to pack your bags, sell the house, get the kids ready, and get the RV? Well, it was, I mean, what, April, right, that you... Maybe. That left. you and we left in August. So in April, we had the ability to purchase a house to flip in San Diego. So we we were renting ourselves, but we one of his family members had passed away, and um, we were able to purchase a house to flip in San Diego, which is hard to happen um, where the numbers actually make sense, and we made like six figures on it. So that happened. That renovation happened from like April to July. Roughly, it was like I 90 think, days. 
Okay. And then, um, and then we left August first. So it was, it was about ninety days. It was pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> we purchased the RV kind of right in the middle. Of that probably like in June or so, we purchased the RV and the truck and every you know everything we needed. And we were like, we did a couple weekend trips to kind of test it out and you know park it places and you Make know sure figure out how everything worked kind of. Um, but I mean, the kids, so our youngest, when we moved into the RV was not even six months. She turned six months, like right when we moved in. Wow. So she didn't really need a lot of prep. She was just like, I don't care. <laughs> she doesn't know anything different, really. This is her home and it has been her whole life, basically. Yeah. Um, and the bigger one, he was what, like two and a half. And he was like, so excited to just like hang out with us and do stuff yeah. and travel and like. He wants to play in the dirt. Yeah. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't care. He's a kid. Really he old. loves dirt. <laughs> it was an easy sell with him. <laughs> oh, wow. Because um, it, it was not much prep. No. I mean, that's quite something. I mean, a lot of people that I've spoken to when it comes to prep, it is usually quite quick, but it's extremely full on, as I imagine it would have been for you guys as well in those, in those short few months. But how about how does it come about picking the right RV? I mean, it's quite it's quite an interesting idea for me finding a house, and um, I also kind of work oh, in the property sector in the oh, UK. And you know, s- selling a house and marketing a home is quite I can imagine quite different to selling a portable home. But how do you guys knowing you had two kids? How do you go about picking the right mobile home? So I. Um... I have to use terms. I don't know if you understand these terms, but I, if I say a class C motorhome, do you know what that means? No, but I can Google it. You, so it's, <laughs> it's sort of like a, um, it has like a regular, like almost like a van front end, and there's like a cap over those, a like a living area over the front. Yeah. And that's a class C, and that's what I grew up using. Uh, I grew up going out to the desert um, from San Diego and going in dune buggies. And that's what I, so that's what we looked at first. You get in there, you don't realize it's not that much like floor space, living space for long term. Mm. So we went to look at class A, which is kind of more the bus. Like a tour bus kind of a look to it. It's like a... The know, bigger ones. The bigger cool. ones. With the big front windshield. big, long yeah. Yeah. Window, windows. <laughs> and so those are very comfortable, but they're also very expensive. And there's nowhere to um, secure your children when you're traveling. They're not meant for young children in car seats. Right. There's nowhere yeah. to secure them. So they're just bouncing around back there when you're driving. <laughs> so like, okay, that's not going to work. Not ideal. So then we went to go look at trailers. Then we could put them in a truck and secure them. Then you go and you look at a travel trailer and they only, the ceilings are only maybe, um, I'm six, feet, I'm six feet, two inches. I'm, I'm a big person. And so the ceilings are like right here. And so I'm feeling very cramped. And so that's when we ended up on what you, we call a fifth wheel. Right which is a big trailer. The ceilings are 13 feet high in some portions. It's a big, it goes in the back of the truck. They're very stable. Yeah. Um, they, they hook up like a semi truck hooks up with the big, with the big U in the back of the truck. Mm. Yeah. And they, they hitch up the same way a semi truck trailer, a tractor trailer hooks up. So they're very stable. They're very tall. And they have a lot of space for stuff. They're built for like living in. Um, and then we wanted one that had ours actually has our bedroom that we sleep in and actually has a second bedroom Wow. that is, has bunks in it and storage for the children and their stuff. It's 
bigger than our first apartment. It wow. actually is bigger than our first apartment was. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, I know so, that house prices across the world are ridiculous, but I mean, so ha- moving into something like that, what was the first? You, you said you had a weekend away in it. What was that first? That first night conversation was it? Oh, like, it was this feels weird. Oh, it was rough. Weird? It was rough. Oh. We didn't know what we were doing. We drove and like couldn't figure out how to park it, and it was stressful, and it was really hot for some reason. It was it was that that first like that first trip was rough. I never towed rough. I never pulled or towed anything this large before. Yeah. So you have imagine having a 35 foot tail behind you when you're making a right turn. Um or you're going up we went to this I went I brought her to like a mountain. So it was all switchbacks all the way up. It's really stressful. Um, we picked an easy route then. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. the campground was not just like flat pads, it was kind of Everything was hills, on a hill of some kind. It was kind. up in the mountains, <laughs> and we didn't have any of our stuff, and so it was not a it was not a fun for. And it was her birthday. It was my birthday. So it was, oh, just it was horrible. <laughs> wow, <laughs> drink, drink. <laughs> How did you? Why did you ever say yes? <laughs> it was a perfect storm. It was it was just all bad. It was not a good experience. But luckily, we had already everything was in motion for us to like do this full time, and we were like, you know what? They're Figured not all going to be bad. Yeah. Just gonna figure it out. <laughs> Hopefully, it gets better. It can only go up from here. We think. Yes. Well, we think. Yeah, keep going up the slalom hills. I'll, you know, wander. Oh bit. my god, that was it. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, the ba- the switchbacks, like we were just back and forth up this hill with this long truck and trailer that we were not used to. It was rough, but it has gotten so much better. This guy has parked in like what a hundred campgrounds or something. I think, by I, ca- now? I think I counted the other day. We have we have gone to over a hundred campgrounds at this point. Wow! So s- second nature now, parking and reversing Correct. that thing. Correct. So yes, I can back this thing into anywhere. Pretty much anywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, the spot we're currently in is so tight, and he was like, "No, I got it. It's fine." <laughs> Pulled right in, easy. <laughs> Does does Ross handle most of the uh, most of the driving in the truck and everything? All of it. All of it. I haven't pumped fuel in like a year. I Legitimately, I don't know if I can put fuel in this vehicle. I don't think I can do it. When I drive, it's because it's just me and children, and we are just going to Target or something. Like we're not. I I don't drive. No. Nah. Like ever. You know, avoid all danger by not encountering any. That's fine. I'm exactly the same. He's good at it. He likes to do it, and I have no interest. I think I, I think I would have a panic attack if she did drive. I, yeah. I say the same thing. How long are you guys here for? Yeah. Oh, just yeah. sorry, we're in the neighbors are very friendly. Yes. <laughs> You'd find something so different over here. You know, the, the English campsites aren't the same, unless you're sharing beers. I mean, that, that's a whole different thing. Well, that's a whole different thing anyway. Sure. Beers. Oh, well. Yeah. yeah. If you have drinks, it's a different thing. Yeah. Most of the campsites I encounter is, is mostly just tents, though. So, it's so again, very different. Ross, then, moving into this um, this new lifestyle, getting the RV, having yes. a difficult weekend, what was it like telling your work? Was, were you working like kind of a, a remote hybrid kind of work? Because, of obviously, again, post-COVID, was everything remote or were you working in property so i i sold real estate Mm. um full-time and so real estate you are technically not employed by anybody okay 
Um, I I don't know I don't know what the it is in the UK, but I, I I'm an independent contractor. I was right. a 1099 independent contractor, so I worked for a brokerage, but I I, I worked for myself. Mm. Oh, um, and so really, it, I was self-employed. So yeah. really, I just I told my brokerage I was leaving. They said, I mean, yeah, you're going on an adventure with your family. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Um, and so work was, I didn't, we sold the house, the flip house, and we made money on that. And so I didn't work for the first few months um, when we were traveling. And so I just said, hey, I'm not selling anymore. Uh, I said, okay. And so there was really no big, and she was on maternity leave for the baby. Yeah. And so there was no one to tell for her, really. And so that's why, again, when we see the timing was right, the timing was right yeah it was not like uh it wasn't a whole lot we had to like end to make the move happen and um, obviously talking the professional side seemed fairly straightforward for you both but what about the family that were was your family in the same same um state city as you or are they fairly remote as well um mm. my parents lived in san diego with us and they are the ones that had the hardest time um because they were losing their grandchildren yeah, I um, seeing them thing. every you know weekend or every other weekend that was the hardest one was getting them on board uh, not that they needed to be on board but um, <clears throat> that was explaining the hardest to explaining to them, them what we were doing what we were doing and why why was madness. difficult <laughs> yeah her family all lives on the east coast yeah. in Pennsylvania so that we weren't really there was no change actually my, we've seen them more we've probably seen them yeah. more and my brother yeah. and sister don't live and didn't live in San Diego either so um, it was just my parents that was the hard one to overcome. Um, but now a year in, they understand mm -hmm. why we did it. And I think, and they, they are very happy for us as far as I can tell that we got to do this experience with our children and hopefully they're retiring and we'll also start traveling next year and they'll hopefully see the kids more often because they can now come to us. Wow. wow. Again, when it comes to retiring over here, it's it's so different. And this is what's really blowing. So sorry if I keep just saying the same thing, but it's um it it is quite incredible to hear that this nomadic lifestyle is just so widely accepted. And I, I suppose as well because for me, it's comparing size as well. I'm always blown away by the fact when people go traveling, it really broadens their mind to the size of the world. So for for you guys traveling across the states, me looking at a map has blown my brain. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How long do you decide to stay in each state, um, I, I suppose? If you were starting your journey um, and with Ross's parents, fairly resistant to you wanting to leave, how long did it take to leave San Diego and the, the immediate area before going, we're going further? Three weeks. A couple weeks. We were in the area for like three weeks. <clears throat> yeah, we moved, we moved our three-bedroom apartment into the trailer and then we're at a campground about, what, 10 minutes away from the apartment that we had lived in and we just like we just moved it all in. And then we just got rid of stuff as we, you know, as we were there. We we brought so much stuff that, like... Not everything fits. No. You don't realize how much space you have, like, how little space you have until you get in there with all your stuff. And you're like, oh, my gosh. All, all of this from the house is not going to work. Nah. <laughs> um, and so we took two weeks at a campground in San Diego right by our apartment that, like, we knew where the grocery store was. We knew where Walmart was. We knew where the donation center was so we could get we could get ourselves situated mm. in our space. And it was, we recommend that to anybody that's trying to move into a moving home, if you will, because it is, you just don't know until you're in it. 
what works what fits what you need what you don't need like it's just um you have to you have to be in it to understand it i guess yeah. you know because yeah. most time you just think about okay what do i need for the weekend uh and then you okay what do i need for the next year um it's you, you it's a different set of tools different. a different set of Definitely. items a different set of everything well was was there an item that you or a bunch of items that you threw away after that first week i I, I don't need so an much. Xbox. <laughs> we brought, what? I brought the baby changing table thinking like, oh, that'll fit. Not even close. Um, yeah. I mean, just, just, there was clothes and toys clothes and, and toys. And like, stuff and... yeah. I, you realize how few toys children actually need when you're just like outside all the time. Mm. They just dig in the dirt with their hands. Like they don't, they don't need anything. They don't need a lot of toys. They want a hose and a bucket and a yeah. shovel. <laughs> Simple stuff. You don't realize how little kids need until you like just have them outside all the time. They need almost nothing. I mean, and uh, yeah, I mean, we got rid of so much. And we still, so much. every time we go back to my parents' house, we get rid of more stuff that yeah. we had stored there. Yeah. Cause you realize you just don't need that much. No, and we, we do like a monthly purge, even in here, in the trailer. We get rid of, we, we've we donated things to places all over the U.S. Just, it's probably once a month or more often. We go we go through our clothing and realize, like, I, I brought this shirt with me when we moved in here over a year ago, and I've never worn it. Why is this here? It's got to go. And then kids, with kids stuff, you know, they grow mm. all the time. And so as soon as they're out of something, it's gone. Because it's just, we Wait. don't have the space. <laughs> For extra stuff like that, you know, like I know a lot of parents keep things for whatever reason, for, uh, you know, things their kids wore or whatever. Like we can't, we don't have time for that. We don't have space for that. So it's, it's out quickly. <laughs> it's a wonderful way to leave breadcrumbs across the country, I suppose, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll go with that. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Let's we've, go with we've that. Been donating everywhere. <laughs> breadcrumbs across. I love it. <laughs> so do you, um, what, would you say that you were living a bit more of a minimalist lifestyle compared to what you were living, obviously, when you were in San Diego? 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't, you don't realize how much stuff you have until you try to put it in a really small space. And then, like, we don't have a, things that go on the walls really anymore. We don't have a lot of walls as it is. We don't have a lot of books. Like we don't have just, a lot of books. We don't have, like... You have, you have one or two of whatever you need, and that's it. Is, is there a key item for you both? Like uh, one of you like ha has to have a ukulele or something like that. You just have, that you have to have, you can't get rid of that. That almost that sanity item, I suppose. Or you just, not really. what comes by. I brought my Xbox. Oh, well, there we go. That I can understand why that's a necessity. Yeah. <laughs> Cause at night when they Don't all go to, to bed, I get lot. to play my games sometimes. <laughs> so n not much of a fan of playing in the dirt with the kids then Ross. One more time. Not a fan of playing in the dirt. Oh yeah, he oh, plays I in do. the dirt. No, I'm talking. I get this to play, is at night. I get to play uh, my game at like 10 p.m. go to sleep. When everyone else goes to sleep. Uh, I don't, might be a night owl in the dirt. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> do you have anything, Tosh? You have a. I don't know. You I brought your yoga mat. I brought my yoga mat, but I used that. I don't know my yoga mat. I guess. Of yoga mat. <laughs> it's really heavy. He, he asked about a sanity. He asked about a sanity the sanity item. Sanity. I, I guess yeah. my yoga mat would be the answer. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, on the idea of sanity and keeping one routine, I can imagine living this nomadic lifestyle, do you guys have much of a sense of routine? Or is it fairly whatever happens day by day? I 
would, we would like to have more. We would like to have more. But we have two very young children who <laughs> like to throw us for a loop, whether that be in a house or in a trailer. I don't know if it would make much of a difference. Neither. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. When we lived in a house, we had a routine because we had jobs to get to. We had hours we had to mm. keep. And now, you know, all of my stuff that I, all of my work stuff is on my own time, essentially. I have to get it done basically within a 24-hour period for the most part. So I can work whenever. Um, that being said, you know, we do try to keep as much of an hour routine as possible, like sleeping wise. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we roughly know when the kids go to sleep. We roughly know when they'll wake up. That's not always exact science. We just did that ridiculous time change um, a week ago. And so we're still trying to figure ourselves out from that. But uh, we roughly know. So, you know, I wake up and I do my workout in the morning whatever time that may be. And then we eat breakfast and then And I do need to, my, my job does require me to make phone calls to businesses. Mm -hmm. So I do need to be on the phone doing emails in regular business hours. Okay, so regardless of where you are then, Ross, is it very much Monday to Friday, nine to five, the RV has to be parked then? Or? I, I don't, I do not work eight hours. And I told my boss when I started that there's no way I can work eight hours with my family being in here. So I, I, I do work a Monday through Friday work day, but it's not, not I'm not like on from nine to five. I sort of work within those within confines as much as I can. Ah. See, that's the real dream. That's the real dream. T telling your boss, I'll, I'll, work the, I'll work within the hours. Well, we're on the East Coast currently, but sometimes he has campgrounds to call that are on the West Coast. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a three-hour time delay. So he, he may end up working till like 6 p.m. sometimes on the East Coast because that's... It's only three. It's only three on yeah. the West Coast. So it's, you know, it makes it... Yet again, the country is so big that we have three time zones. Country. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I that's why I was getting always confused whenever I'm trying to sort out these time zones with some people. I, I had someone I had to speak to in the uh, foreign... Uh, far in the west coast so it was it was uh it was a horrible time difference so you guys are wonderfully parked up f for me now so i'm gonna say you've done that for me but i know I'm, I'm not really parked. Well, you're the, welcome <laughs> the nice thing, the nice thing is that because uh well because she works and makes her own money as well um our bills are just not as high as yeah. they were living in san diego mm -hmm. so i just don't i don't need to make a full salary like i used to um, I can make, we make enough. Yeah. I make enough to live. And then I also work on a commission base on top of our base pay. Mm. So as long as I'm continuing to make sales, it, it, and I, I work the hours I work. Um, he, you know, my boss is making money cause I'm making sales and I'm working the hours that I can work with my two children and my wife being here. Yeah. Um, I just don't need to work eight hours a day, 40, you know, 40 hours a week. I just... I, I told him right from when I started, I'm not going to do it because it's just not feasible. No, and, I, and then there's also the thing, too, is that not we can't always travel on a weekend. No. Sometimes campgrounds are the availability that they have for us to come in may be on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we may need to travel on a Tuesday. And so if I'm if we're doing that, I have to break down, drive there and set back up. So I can't work from 9 a.m. till 3 p.m. Because I'm traveling, we're moving. And so then I will either work later 
or maybe I'll work on a Saturday to try and make up the difference. No, definitely. And I suppose the great thing is as well, as you mentioned earlier, this this whole thing is about spending time as a family. You know, what you know, regardless of if you're on the road or not, spending your whole work day, you know, behind the wheel of a car or behind your desk, you don't want to miss out on anything with the kids, especially while they're still so young. And as you say, exploring the world, exploring Correct. the wilderness. So I'd, I'd, I'd like to really kind of dive into this family time aspect of everything, because, again, that's the really impressive thing um, that you guys are doing. You're, you're somewhere familiar um, with, within the States, but having the kids about and then growing up in this, it's kind of all they know. You might hear popping in the background. It's bonfire night here in the UK. Or... No, something, something fell, fell out tree. of the tree. Oh, right. That... It almost hit us. <laughs> <laughs> it was very large. Oh. Shocking. What? I don't even know what kind of tree this is. That was terrifying. <laughs> it's like this big. It fell out of a tree. It just fell down right there. If you guys run away in pure horror and start the RV, it <laughs> take offense. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Okay, hopefully that doesn't happen again. It was right next to the truck. (laughs) (laughs) Campground life. This is part of our world. We're under trees. Random trees. Yeah, random trees. I mean, to to be fair, we mostly have to worry about pigeon shit. So you you guys (laughs) probably got a lot. Oh, we have to deal with that too. That just fell from the tree. What is that? That just fell and almost hit us. I don't know what that is. It's a fruit of some sort. What is that? It's heavy. (laughs) That looks like the size of a mango that I'd be having. It's huge. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's probably good you okay. put the the, the, cap, the cover over you now, just in case. Yeah. If yeah. No kidding. If you have a hard hat, put the hard hats on just for safety. <laughs> yeah. We have some kid hard hats. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, d- diving into like the spending time as a family, obviously working kind of these like shortened hours so you can fit in that lifestyle. What do you guys tend to do? Um, what do you guys tend to do when it comes to that family time? I'm see, I was, you mentioned Ross. You've got that time to be to have your alone time. Everyone needs that. But how do you um, how do you plan these campground activities with the family? Is it is it going mountain biking or do you guys just do a lot of hiking? Because I imagine you've got some incredible views over there. Um, we try. Uh, it's tough. The East Coast is different. The West Coast, we did a lot of hiking. There's a lot more mountains, a lot more like stuff. And on the East Coast, it's called kind of. Um, it's just I don't know. We haven't we haven't done as much hiking on the East Coast as we did in the West Coast. Um, it's once we've been on the East Coast, it started to be more like um, like we definitely prioritize going to the beach, mm-hmm. or like we'll take the kids to the aquarium, or we take them to the zoo. Um, there's also a lot of I don't know if they have them in the UK, but they have we have children's museums here, which are like a indoor sort of playing and learning place that you can bring the kids to. Yes. Um, and so, I mean, definitely in the mornings we're with the kids, we're doing stuff. We, we were just, we, we were just at the pool for an hour um, in the campground, you know, there's a pool. So um, anytime that we're not working, we're, we're with the kids. We're either, they do, you know, they have activities they do in the house at the table um, or we're out here playing and hanging out with them or we're going to the pool or we're, you know, I, again, uh, we may take them to the store for an hour or two and just let them run around and play with the toys at the store. And just, we're just, you know, it becomes, uh, anything can become a, uh, an adventure, like a, kid activity. a kid activity with your, just, you know, anywhere you go. Yeah. And so it's, you know, you work around the time you have. Yeah. Um, and otherwise, you know, we, we have talked about this. Our kids probably do watch a little more TV than we, than we would like them to, but, we have to work. And at some point yeah. in time, we both need to work. And like, 
or like this. The TV's on right now. We needed someone to watch the children. <laughs> we have no, um, we don't have, we have a no lot family support. <laughs> you know, when we're on the road traveling or, or friend support because we move, mm-hmm. um, and so sometimes you do have to, you know, do what you got to do to get things done. Yeah. Um, but if we're not working, we're you know we're with them. There's nowhere else to be, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do we don't know anyone else? No, I mean I can imagine. But with, with that, do the kids have this kind of minimalist lifestyle? I know for children it can be quite difficult. Like. If you're going into Target or Walmart or something, and the kids see, I don't know, the latest. They actually, I think they've actually gotten used to not. We, they, we've explained to them multiple times that we don't have room for that. Yeah. Like yeah. that's we just don't. We simply don't have the room for it. So, um, like I said, like once a week, probably we'll go to Walmart or we'll go to Target, and we just let them play with all the toys in the toy aisle, and they're just like they're happy to play with it. And we say, okay, it's time to go, and they put it back, and we move on. Which saves us money as well. Well, that, that, that's the silver lining. But so, how often are there tantrums coming from? Is there a lot of that? I want, I want, or if if they can hear me and they start getting ideas, I'm sorry. But no, they can't hear you. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I think they understand the realities of our life yeah. when we tell them, like you know, you just there's no space for that. Our our oldest is four, and the other day told you he wanted. What did he want? Like a digger, like a kid excavator that he could ride on. He wanted to us, me to tell his grandma that he wants that for Christmas. And I was like, bud, no, <laughs> there's nowhere for that to be. We we can't have, like, I I know you've played with that somewhere before, but, like, that's just not something we're going to have well, in our lives. Yeah, it's like, sorry. It's three feet tall by three it's, feet wide. It's big. It's like way... There's just nowhere for us to store it when we're traveling, you know? Like, it's if we had a house, maybe, but where we are in our lives, it's just not something that is feasible. Mm. So, yeah, we, I mean, we, we frequently reiterate, like, this is if you want a little stuffed animal, maybe, but if you want something much larger, that's, you know, that's a, that's not not an option. Oh, you okay? They might be coming out. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> wow. We'll see. And while we're on the topic of kind of these little gifts and presents, and obviously coming up to Christmas as well, you've been there for fi- 15 months. What, what did you do last Christmas? What, were you in the middle of the wilderness? or? Uh, we were back in San Diego, back in our hometown. Um, we spent the holidays with grandparents, with, um, with Ross's family. Um, and we let them know and we let everybody know that was going to be buying gifts like everything is small or in its own container of some kind or um this is our oldest this this is is maverick Maverick. oh maverick the fireman he's a firefighter um yeah so and this year we just had the conversation with Ross's mom of like, she's like, well, what can I get for them? And I, I said, <clears throat> she didn't take it well, but what I said was, uh, you know, if you could just give them like some cash that we can use to go to zoos or aquariums or children's museums, like those are, that's something that's useful to us uh, that doesn't take up space because really we just don't have space for things right now. Like that's just... We, I've gotten rid of so many toys being in the trailer already. We get rid of toys very often. Um, I don't know what it is. Because, you know, we realize either they've outgrown them or they don't really use them or, you know, whatever, or it's, or it's broken. I don't, whatever. Um, and we're really just not needing more stuff. Like we said earlier, like they just, 
they like costumes, they love to dress up, and they like to dig in dirt or spray each other with a hose. That's what they want to do most of the time. And that doesn't take up any space. No. I mean... We have the hose anyway. <laughs> so, you know, we, we, yeah, we really try to limit the stuff. And uh, his, the art Maverick's birthday is coming up in a couple weeks, and we're going to be on a cruise. And so, you know... We are, we're trying to do more experiences and less stuff. I mean, we'll, we'll probably get them some stuff to put in a little stocking or something, but yeah. I don't think we're going to do a lot of like gifts this year. No, I mean, I mean he's, trying, he's trying to crack that little piece of fruit open. He's trying to crack it open now <laughs> by banging it on things. We do have to probably wrap this up soon though. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's another interesting, the, as you mentioned, the kids are exploring that they're, they're having these, um, these experiences which a lot is you know as, as a lot of people testify to they're the things that they will remember that's what they're going to learn from and i suppose on the learning side of things maverick uh, as i said being four um, do you guys do um start doing the homeschooling are there those dedicated times where it's time to do like say montessori kind of style of education or no um i had i had uh recently kind of delved into a um like a homeschool like an online homeschooling thing um and we we kind of did it for about a week and he just wasn't really that interested and that ready um but we do a lot of like sensory stuff yeah. they love like a sensory bin with grains in it and they play with that or like play-doh like they love tactile things mm. um and so we try to give them as many opportunities to do that kind of stuff as possible um and also they're always playing with other kids and talking to adults and we yeah. swim and we're out <clears throat> trying i don't know it's just um at some point we'll teach them math i mean we are teaching them math we are yeah. you we know count I mean? all they, the can, time. they can count and they can sing the alphabet and you know it's just we, um, I read something one time that's like, you know, homeschooling, like we go to kids go to school. I went to school for seven hours, eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. um, when you really focus on what you like at this age, if you focus on exactly what you need to learn for that day, you only really need like 45 minutes. Yeah. I think it's 15 for kids this age. 15? It's like 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. The rest of the day is just, but the rest of the day, care, they're, you know, the schools yeah, provide. they are. Kids are naturally curious, and if you just let them be curious and, like, answer their questions, or if you don't have answers, you find, find the answers. Yeah. And what's great is that we live in such a digital age, like, if I don't have an answer, I can find a YouTube video for children that is informative, that'll answer the question that he has. And that, you know, that's not school, but it's learning, you know? No, definitely. I mean, it's... As you mentioned, kids kind of—they're just sponges. They'll take everything, and and like as you go through these different journeys and experiences, they're going to pick up so many more skills than a lot of people wouldn't. I mean, you know, the typical thing is why didn't my, my school teach me about doing my taxes when I was young? So there's always going to be those those things they're going to pick up naturally, and going on the road as well, that they're already going to pick up so much more about. You know, I suppose not in a weird way, but they're going to learn about how to um, engage with different people and. I wouldn't say cultures, but I suppose the attitudes of people from state to state are so wildly different across America. That, and different ages, too. Yeah, hugely. And Yeah. I mean... I, this, kid can, this kid can break down my trailer and hook it up to the truck at this point in time. <laughs> like, he's seen me do it. I mean, he could do the whole he helps, process. He helps every time. Yeah. He's, he's 
He knows the whole thing. There, how, yeah. many three, how many three-year-olds know how to do that? <laughs> I mean, know, to be I, fair, I'd just end up breaking the RV if it was me, so the kid's more talented <laughs> than I am. Well. He's had more practice. Yeah, yeah. He's. I'm just going to agree and just say he's much more competent as well. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic to have the two kids with you, but the, probably the, one of the more important things as well, and you know, recently a lot of studies come out saying the couples that prioritize themselves end up having a much happy family dynamic as well. With you two, obviously, this whole lifestyle was a choice to, for happiness, for family. Um, how do you two go about having that, that couple time as every, as every married couple with kids needs? Because as you mentioned, there's no strategically. Very strategically. Strategically. <laughs> um, on days that we travel from like to, to a new place, um, the kids are in the back seat. Uh, usually with toys or an iPad or something. And so we get time to talk. We usually travel for a couple of hours. And so we have like our time. Yeah. That's, that's our time. Um, yeah. And at night, sometimes the kids fall asleep before night. we do. Like last night we had like an hour or two to ourselves. Yeah. They fell asleep at like eight. We went to bed at 10. Um, so we had a little bit of time there. I'll be at travel days. Travel days are like our, yeah, but like as far as like a getaway date night, not doesn't happen. Rare. But yet again, we're also with each other like all day long now, which I personally, I believe we're both in a happier relationship place yeah. than we ever were when we were out working all day. And like, cause we're just, we're always with each other and it's just fun. And I, I you know, I, if you like your spouse, it will, ex, it will expand Definitely. on that. I think <laughs> if I if wasn't that happy with my spouse, it would be much more difficult. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It, it intensifies whatever your relationship already is. Yeah. If it's a good relationship, it'll get better. If it's a bad relationship, that will be very obvious. Very straining. Very straining yeah. to be together this much. No, and I suppose even in the nicest of um, nicest of marriages and couples and relationships, there are those moments where you do need that alone time. Um, what do you do? Do you do? As you mentioned, you're quite happy. You're, it amplifies all that positivity being around each other all the time. But do you two give each other signals about looking Ross? Get out of my grill for just an hour or something. Yeah. Um, as our kids have gotten older, so the little one was so little when we first started on this journey. And so I was, you know, really not able to leave her for any amount of time, really. Um, as she's gotten older, she's been able to be, wow, that was loud, sorry. Um, she's she's able to like be with her dad a little bit more. And so funny, I'm able funny. to go, go back um, you know, I went and got my nails done the other day or I can go to Target by myself. I went to a conference across the country a couple of weeks ago for three days. Oh, wow. I got to actually go to a conference and like be a grown up and, you know, be in my industry with other grown ups. Um, so there's a motorcycle. And so that has been, it's, it's getting better as the youngest one's getting older and able to be away from me for a little bit longer. Um, and you can, he goes to bed later than us. He's a more of a night person than the rest of us are. So when I go to bed, it's usually when the kids go to bed, it's all the same time. And so he gets alone time, not every, oh my God, not every night, but another thing fell from the tree. It hit the camera. And hit the trailer next to us. Yikes. Um, if I can get my, if I can get an hour or two at night and play a game or something, like I'm, I'm good. You're happy. I mean, to be honest, that's all we need. I'm exactly the same. I'll, you know, take the hour of myself and let the let the wife go to bed. But um, actually, I've got, I've gone, kind of got a question now. I suppose. 
I, I too am expecting my firstborn child um, within the next couple of weeks, which is great. Thank you, thank you, and it, yeah, very exciting. Very, very, a lot to think about because we're also considering this um, travel travel lifestyle, but potentially outside of the UK. Um, you know, your 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 second born was six months going into this. What kind of mental prep were you as a mother, knowing that you wouldn't have that nesting phase? I suppose. Okay. Sorry. Can you ask that? Again? Yes. Um, so obviously, I've got I've got our, my firstborn on the way in the next couple of weeks, and you taking your with your with your secondborn going six months into the, the um, nomadic lifestyle. What advice would you give to to families and mothers expecting their children who are still craving this nomadic lifestyle? How do they kind of get away from the nesting side of wanting to make a safe home for a child and take it? Abroad? You know the way that we live is actually in my opinion the easiest way to travel with kids is because we 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 try we we haul our home around with us mm. so it's not uh you get into a routine oh in gosh. your home like you would in any other home this is our home yeah. we just we just pull it along behind the truck most of the time but like um I don't know. Going to a hotel with kids is so hard because you don't have anything with you. That's that room is not baby proof. You don't, you don't like, but like, this is just our house. This is our regular house, you know? Yeah. So if this is really, in my opinion, absolutely the easiest way to travel with kids. They have, they sleep in their same bed every night. They watch TV on their same couch every night. You know, it's like they, we have our same fridge. We have all of our stuff. Like it's, everything is here. It's just smaller. Yeah. But to the kids, it must be and so, normal. Yeah. I mean, kids kids think whatever their life is, is normal. Yeah. It's, it's normal to them, right? <clears throat> um, and so you could still do nesting. People make these things really cute. We're not really... We, we live very, very minimally in here. And I feel like people who, tr who don't move as often as us can make it cute and, like, have a bunch of stuff that they, like like you know, knickknacks and whatever. Yeah. We don't have a lot of that because we move often and having to put it down, put it up is just too much. It's too much hassle yeah. and we don't care that much. Um, but like you could still do the whole nesting thing in this, you know, how long do you t guys tend to stick around at a, in a campsite or a particular location then? Uh, we have recently increased our time to a week. It used to be about every three to five days we would move. Oh, wow. It was fast and it was a lot. Um, it's now that we're working so much, it's gotten harder to travel that much. Yeah. Um, because as we're in places, we want to go explore it, you know, and go see stuff. But if you're only there for three days, that's three nights ends up being two days, one of which you're exploring. The other one, you're maybe running errands or something and then there's no other days yeah. <laughs> and you know, like the working is really hard to do, especially with the kids. And so we've extended it to a week. We, we try to do like seven nights or so mm. in places if we can, because then we have time to explore. We have time to run our errands, get the laundry done and still work. Yeah. So that's, that's been working out better for us. Three to five was quick. Wow. And how, how long? It, and it worked out fine when we were when we were not working so much. But now that we work a lot more, it's it doesn't make sense. Less. And how long do you plan on staying in each I suppose city and, and and state? I suppose as well as you've you've gone across a fair few. But how long do you plan to stay? Um, 
Ross does all of that. He takes care of our routes. Um, so the campground we're in right now, we, we leave tomorrow for a week to go down to the Florida Keys, down to Key West, and then we're coming back for a whole month. Wow. So we'll be in this campground in Miami for a month. And then uh, we, we make a few stops along the west coast of Florida, and we'll be in another city in Florida for a month, the whole month of February. And so we kind of do like an anchor point of like, this is where we plan to stay for this amount of time. This is where we plan to stay for this amount of time. You just got to fill it in. Yeah. And you kind of spell um, it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's some places we've been. We were up in, um, like in Bar Harbor, Maine for a month in the summer. It was too long. We, we were bored of it. We were over it. We were ready to go. Um, but some places, you know, like in Miami, we'll be on a cruise for part of the time that we're here. So it doesn't really count as a month, you know, but it is a safe place for our trailer to be, Yeah, which is great. Um, as we, as we're, as we've been doing this a bit longer, we're realizing staying a bit longer makes sense, but you don't want to be everywhere for a month. Yeah. Some places we don't like that much to be there for an entire month. No, I mean, so <laughs> yeah. And then, do, do you also tend to consider when it comes to staying in certain places for a week versus a month based on the, the cost of living, I suppose, and from state to state? Oh, hi, my Raya. <laughs> this is Raya. It's oh, a very messy day. Hello. You've got a bug on your face. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, darling. Soon you'll uh, be here. Now I feel safe. Yeah. I got a fire. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the cost of living, I mean, no, not really. So is it just, really um, just food, kind of petrol, and obviously, the, I suppose the camp costs as well are based into your, your base? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we don't really, you know, places like San Diego, the cost of fuel is so expensive that, like, we don't, we try not to stay there too, too long if we can, but, you know, that's also our home base, mm. essentially, and, you know that's where all of the doctors are and that's where family is. And so, you know, we end up staying there a bit longer. Um, you got an hour, you got an hour out of us. Yeah. And now the got kids are everywhere. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll try not to keep you too much longer. Um, but I, again, just on this idea of, if, if, if you don't mind me asking this idea of cost of living, um, it's, it's a huge topic. I think kind of across the world of people paying for their mortgages, kind of keeping the electrics going. Um, and I know with a lot of people, the mortgage, whether they're paying on their homes and their electricity bills, can eat oh, up, even within a joint couple, how uh, it can um, eat up over a half of the joint salary um, compared. Oh, you know, easily. For example, what it's like in the UK. How have you found that shift to this nomadic RV lifestyle when it comes to your your way of living? I mean, as you mentioned, Ross, you're, you, you get by you're comfortable. But I know in America, yeah. you don't have things like the NHS when it comes to healthcare and certain provisions. Um, do you find yourself a bit, a, I don't know, a bit more comfortable when it comes to your finances now than what you would have been like if you were to stay in San Diego in an apartment or a, or a house? I've had this conversation with many people, so I ha <laughs> I'm ready for this question. Brilliant. Um, when we were in San Diego, in between um, our housing and childcare and our cars and our phones and health insurance and food and all that, we were spending close to $9,000 per month to, to live our lives 
comfortably, comfortably save a little bit. We're not extravagant people by any means. This is a, a, a very simple apartment we had. Um, now, I do not have health insurance because I just simply don't want to pay for it. Yeah. Um, that would be an additional probably four to five, probably another $500 a month. But they're uh, also very health. regional, so it makes it hard to okay. want to get that because it's it doesn't work everywhere. It doesn't work. It's hard to get like a nationwide right. okay. insurance. But my our overall cost for everything is about $5,000 per month for like our entire life. So in my in, to me we cut our our monthly budget almost in half. Wow. That's not to say this is cheap. I mean that's still $60,000 a year. It's not cheap. Um, but it's definitely less than we were spending. And then we get to be with our kids and also get to see whatever we want to see. Mm. If we were more, if we just bought this trailer and lived like stationary, we didn't move, those numbers would go down. But there is a cost to um, campsites. There's a cost to diesel fuel. There is a cost to going out and exploring and do There is, there's other costs. Whereas if we were just to stay still, it would be less. Yeah. Uh, but to us, we cut our costs almost in half. And we get to do whatever we want and be with our children. Um, that being said, yeah, we don't have health insurance. Take that five thousand, add another five hundred bucks minimum for like very basic health insurance, mm -hmm. uh, and you can kind of see what it would cost. I, I have there is people who like maybe they have their own land and they park you know their their camper on their own land that they bought in the middle of nowhere. That maybe they can do this for two thousand dollars a month if they have no kids. I don't know. But, like, that's not the life I want to live. I want to go explore and see things and do things, and that costs money. No, definitely. But that was the whole point. What's the point of just staying still? Like, that sounds boring. No, I mean, I love that. I want... I, there's some amazing, like, cheesy Facebook groups that I tend to join, and one of them is, like, you know, tacky traveling quotes. But some of them really wouldn't true. I mean, you know, buy me a ticket to anywhere. Taking a photo, you know, somewhere is better than looking at a photo of anywhere. Um, Agreed. Yeah. 100%. As you mentioned, you've you've been to the Grand Canyon. You've seen me what was the first? You know, I have to go. That we have to go there as a family. Um, I suppose in America, you've got so many sights and sounds, and as you mentioned, country parks. Uh, for me, it was Utah. Utah. If you if you Google like the um, the five national parks of Utah, they're incredible. They're, they're the big. I think they wow. called the Big Five or something. National parks in Utah: Zion, Arches, Bryce, Canyonlands. Like just they're they're absolutely amazing, beautiful rock formations um, in that state. Like they're just like Zion Canyon is like my like watch a YouTube video of like going through the tunnel and opening up into Zion, and it's just like I, things like that don't exist, I believe, in the UK. Like to that scale, yeah, well, you don't have to rub it in, but yeah, no. We, we I'm don't. sorry, <laughs> I have I have read that, that that like people come here. Have you um, what's it uh. On TikTok was Josh and Jace. Have you seen them? Yes, I've seen them. Yeah, yeah, and I know they're from you know they're from UK and they just try and their and their videos were super funny to see from a, a a UK perspective. Oh yeah, I mean, as you've seen with me, it kind of blows my mind. Looking at the arches in your the Mighty Five of Utah, if you get a chance, I'd Google Durdle Door in the UK. Um, that is probably the closest rock formation that we have to something like that. I'd yeah. say. Um, so. Very different, but I mean, I can't blame you d doing all these incredible, you know, granted a lot of miles, as, as you've said, but again, sights and sounds you're not going to forget. But 
15 months. I mean, that's a long time for a lot of people to do traveling across the world in general. And as you mentioned, yeah. you're, you're enjoying this. You know, you've, you've cut your costs. You're, you're doing so many things with your children and you're, and you're loving life as a couple. How long do you two envision this going on? Or have you not even thought about when it will end? It was one year at first, and then one year came and went, and we realized that our 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 income is pretty secured. Like our jobs are pretty secure, as far as we can tell. And I asked the kids once a month, "Are you still having fun? Yeah. Are you still enjoying this?" And they keep saying yes. So honestly, as long as the income is coming in and our children are happy, I don't see any reason to stop. I mean, that's more than fair. What? Why stop at this point? I suppose the next question. Well, and also there was there was also a bit of a um, let's look for where we want to live yeah. as part of it, uh, and we haven't found it yet. I mean, I, well, what kind of um, what kind of vibe do you two give? I, I'm very much a little uh, we call it a Hampshire hog where where I'm from in the UK. It's a bit more of a countryside vibe for me. I'm a bit more of a country boy and town boy. Do you two have that? Do you, do people kind of look at you say um, you're a, you're a country bumpkin or you're you're a little village person, or are you more of a city life kind of family? But I suppose it's quite difficult to pinpoint that when you're living so nomadic. I don't know. I, I don't. We've lived. We've always lived in cities, but now when we go back to San Diego, it's like so stressful. There's it's so much traffic. Yeah. There's too many people. Like it's 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 a lot. But also, you know, we want to have access to grocery stores very easily, and you know, be able to go to Target and be able to like go to the do things, uh, yeah, and you know, so it's um. We've, we've talked about maybe like a smaller size city, maybe. At some point in but, time, like maybe a hundred, you know, we're, San Diego County has three and a half million people. Mm-hmm. It's a very large city. Big city. You know, when we visited cities that were like a hundred thousand people that were, it's kind of a nice middle ground where they have all the amenities, but there's not so many people. Yeah. But yes, I don't think we're, we could, I don't think the two of us could ever be straight country people like we want to have our we want to have stuff close by to go you know do whatever we want to do and also i just don't think we can i i just don't think we can live away from the beach no we're just used to being by the beach and now we're what are you eating <laughs> more of the fruit that's dropped you okay yes. you want to do it? Wow. Do you know? we you know we we just we we realize this now that we need to be close to a beach and we need to be close to a somewhat built up city but hopefully somewhere less expensive and less busy than what we're used to. I'm also quite a fan of the ocean. I mean, me personally, luckily the UK, we don't have to go very far to get to our coastline. What were you two like, or what was your family like enjoying the beach and the ocean being in somewhere so dry as Texas and Utah? Was it, were you gagging to get back to the coast? Yes, absolutely. Yes. I mean, there was, there was things we wanted to go specifically see, but the goal is always to get back to the coast. If you could see our map, you would see that we have basically covered the coast. Yeah. So because that's important to us. And I guess now that you would you like to see? Would you like to I, see it? I would actually. Yeah. If if, if I may. Oh, oh my gosh. So I mean, it's a big country. Can you see yeah. it? Is in there? So we started and we went like up and back. And then we went across and then up. Wow. And then around and then back to the coast and then down. And when, when is the plan to go more into the center and up north then? 
Is that is that one? So next summer, you know, because there's a lot of um, our national parks. A lot of them are in like right here. Like Yellowstone is a very famous yeah. one. Um, so Yellowstone's like right here. Colorado has a lot of national parks. Uh, glaciers up here. I would like to go to um, what's it called? Uh, Banff and Jasper up in Alberta. Yes, I know Banff. So next summer, next summer we will kind of make a a, a a diagonal and hit all this. And then go up and hit Banff and all that, and then come back all the way down the West Coast. Wow. And to give you scale of the size of the trailer, oh, please. I don't even know if I can give you <laughs> scale. It's true. They say every, everything's bigger in America, and then and that, and as soon as that's well, you have to. I mean, these are these are everywhere. This is you know they're every. You see what I'm saying? It's all full. Yeah. They're everywhere. Every spot is full. And you, I'll see. And you've got a big. What was that? A Dodge truck. Yes. Yeah. So, now look at the size of look at the size of this trailer. I mean, it's it's a full it's an apartment on wheels. Yeah, that's crazy. So, um, our, like I was saying, ours is sort of if you consider it to be a a medium size, really. What What's the average kind of lifespan of an RV like this then for for someone doing so many miles? Can Can this thing go on another like three five years? Oh, easily. This one, this well, this motorhomes are built a little bit more sturdy than a trailer. Yeah. Um, this motorhome behind me over here is probably from the mid '90s. Okay, why? Be my guess, or early 2000s. Trailers. I, after I've seen trailers that are you know 10, 15 years old. Um, but this one, I mean, as long as you change the tires and you know maintain it, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't go ten years. Yeah, wow. So, I showed them the trailer from a, a far perspective. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. In our map and the the busyness of this campground, everything this campground is all full. Wild. Yeah. It's very busy here. So, so yeah. I'll uh, I'll try not to keep it too much longer so that the so you can spend some more time your last night there. But I suppose one more question I want to ask. You mentioned how busy the um the grounds are in particular. Another area that's quite busy that you two are quite active on is social media. Um across Instagram and TikTok. Um I mean I love I love your guys' content. I th I think some of it's really for me incredibly insightful as well. Um Thank you. No, I, I really love it. So I suppose going into the social media landscape as well as digital nomads, what was the kind of the uh, the catalyst to going into you know what? Let's make some like humorous you know videos and you know informative content. I mean, who? Well, it was actually Ross's idea. Ross had been on TikTok for a long time, uh, not really posting, but you know, saying like, when we start our adventure, like I'm going to start posting, um, and then he didn't. Uh, <laughs> And so like, it was probably, we were probably about two months in that I was like, I'm going to start posting. I'm just going to do it. Um, and I literally grew from zero for Godwin's on the go to like, Almost now we're at 9, we're close to like 9,000, yeah. 8,800, something like that. Um, and I just, I just like, our life is interesting now, you know, yeah. like when we were it's just different. working and you know, like our kids were in daycare, like I, that's just, no one wants to see that who cares but now we go interesting places and we do cool stuff like i i'm like you know what i'm saying though, yeah right? no, i know exactly <laughs> what you mean like our life is um i don't know if inter like it's different non-traditional unique. unique no it's, it's, um, it's something that you you it's even from your own point of view is it interesting enough to do something like this 
I mean, I, I've made yes. a three a three terrible TikToks of me just, and I'll be I'll be honest. I, I think what a lot of men do is watch TikTok while they're on the toilet. Um, and me me making a TikTok is usually just me entertaining myself. But what you guys have done, you're, you're doing it in a way that's because what your lifestyle is, it's so interesting to you. But so many people, once you've broken the barrier of that first nerve wracking TikTok, everything starts to flow, yep. especially creatively as well. So. Well, when we first started, when I was researching this as a lifestyle, I went on to TikTok to see what others were doing with children. And and so it was helpful to me. So I think I, I'm, I'm happy that she now does it and can share our point of view as well. Yeah, we've gotten to meet a lot of really cool people that like we know from the internet. Ross, yeah. Ross got recognized um, two times in at one a week. campground, two, two times in one week oh. at a campground, like by literal people from the internet. They're like, Hey, are you Ross? <laughs> he's like, uh-huh. Well, I don't mean to brag. We know you from Instagram. We're like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, the first time you meet it's someone just, like that. You know, it's random. Yeah. And we actually, the campground we're currently at, we're meeting some people. Um, actually, the, the people who inspired us to go full-time on the road, yeah. they're going to be here today. Oh. And so we get to, like, meet them in real life. And so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. She, she does. She's really tired. Come here, sweetie. Baby's tired. Oh. I'll tell you what. What I'll do is this, this has been really great, and I would like to, um, if it's all right with you, at some point catch up with you again, like a few months down the line, to hear more about your journey. So I think this is incredible. Sure. Absolutely. And for me, um, especially, you know, you're just making my bucket list grow even more. So thank you for that. And again, you've give, you've really given me a lot of insight into this incredible nomadic lifestyle. And I think for a lot of people in the UK, this whole idea of being nomadic in your own home is something very different. I mean, for a lot of Brits, um, traveling is across Europe. That, that's our America, I suppose. But for you guys, um, so many miles, so many states, so many experiences, and with the family as well. So I, I want to say thank you so much for sharing with me for, in, for this episode. Yeah, thanks for having us. This was really fun. No, no, thank you. Well, I think it's, it might be different too. I think in the the U.S., the the idea of retiring and starting to travel is kind of the epitome of like a good life. Yeah. Um, like that's the from my experience from people I that's the goal is you work so you have enough money to retire and then you travel. And so our thought was, why should we have to wait until you retire? No, definitely. And I think that's the really inspiring bit. A common joke in the UK now is that um, we're never going to retire anyway, the way that everything everything tends to go. So a lot of people I know, I mean, I obviously I spent some time abroad and I know a lot of friends and who have decided to live that life abroad. So there's, there's many more opportunities now, especially in the UK, um, if you know much about Brexit and the, the wonderful storm that that was for a lot of English people. Um, a lot of Brits decided to leave the UK to do something similar to what you're doing in other countries. And like you, this digital nomadic lifestyle is so much easier. But um, it's, it's, it's fantastic. So my last few questions for you, Sue, and one of my favourite ones um, that I like to ask people is uh, what is the song that's always on your playlist when you guys are cruising down the, uh, the highway, I suppose? Is there a family sing-along oh. song? revolution i we listen to a lot of um i call it white guy reggae Southern california white guy reggae oh, well, like it's, it's not like specific. jamaican reggae it's like have you heard of like sublime yes i know sublime yes yes very much yeah. Yeah. So, like similar 
things like that. So There's why? a lot of like Southern California reggae on the. It's just you know, it's nice cruising music. It's not. It's, yeah, it's mellow. It's mellow. I mean, obviously Happy. Taylor Swift is on there here. Of course. Yeah. Obviously. Of course. That makes sense. Um, that's pretty much that's, that's pretty, pretty much, much what we listen to. <laughs> Revolution and Taylor Swift. Sometimes yeah. we'll listen to like a just like a like a little bit of like a folk mute like there's a there's a playlist called Happy Folk. It's just kind of mellow instrumental kind of music that's just calm. Yeah. It's calm music. I want calm music. <laughs> Especially when you're driving so long, I I relate, trust me. <laughs> Um, well, and you know, and, and that's a difference too. I hear a lot of times too is um, I know we're just taking up all this time, but a lot of people will travel long distances of time because we have the children. I, I have a very hard limit at about three hours of driving, yeah. um, and that's about maybe a, less than two hundred miles, right? So maybe one hundred and eighty miles, um, and so we end up seeing a lot more stuff. I think because I'm always stopping. Like I drive three hours, we'll stay a week. Drive three hours, stay a week. Drive three hours, stay a week. Or stay four days, stay five days or something. And so because of the children being so young, it's kind of forced us to not go that far at a time. So we end up seeing something new and different every day. And we stay there for a few days. We're not like driving for 10 hours and driving past an entire state. Well, you know, it's in little tiny chunks, which is why it takes us so long to get anywhere. Yeah, gosh. And I could see why the white guy reggae is going to be very important to keep everything relaxed in those three hours. Yeah, just cruising. Now, um, one last question. As a family unit, everyone has their almost their little comfort food, don't they? But everyone also has their comfort moments of relaxation. A lot of people here like to watch Friends, The Office, or some sort of show they've seen a million times. What do you guys tend to do as a family that's almost just muscle memory to relax to? Beach. Beach. They do love. Beach. They do love the beach. Yeah, me and these two kids, like that's our, that's the motherland. We go. We we need sand and salt water. It can't be a lake. It doesn't work. It has to be sand and salt water, and like that's where we, that's where we like become alive. <laughs> that's our that's our spot. Wow. We also do watch TV. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, beach higher up on the list. Yeah. Wow. Again, I'm going to say thank you so much. I will let you guys go and enjoy the rest of your day and your time in this uh, in this park. So thank you so much. Thank you. And, uh, thank you. It was so nice to meet you. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed, please consider subscribing. We have a new episode out every week from new guests and even those from some returning to give us an update on their travels. If you'd like to be on the show to share your story, whether it was in the past, one you're halfway through, or maybe one that's about to begin, you can drop me a message on Instagram at Tales from Travelers. I'd love to hear your story and share it with those eager to listen and learn more about traveling. So until next time, happy travels.